Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, fuck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, fuck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Good Pat, and uh, welcome back to the second hour of uh, Tip Today. Now, a big response to my uh, chat there with uh, Eric Nelligan of AN2, and I will get back to that in just a little while. But let's go on to something completely different, because recently we spoke to Dr Jim O'Shea uh, about the publication of his book on multiple personality disorder. He's written several books, but he's written one book called When a Child Dies, about the death of his 13-year-old son. Uh, The book is from his own perspective, and indeed that of his family as well, and Jim joins me in studio. Good morning to you, Jim. Good morning, friend. Jim, I have to tell you, this book broke my heart. Um, I shed a lot of tears, I'm not ashamed to say, when I was uh, reading it. It's it's a unique way to write the book. We, we, that was your idea. It wasn't single narrative. You wanted every all the family's I did. A, a, angle on this, didn't you? Yes, I did. And, and it was quite fraught, actually, at the time, because this is a very sensitive issue in our family. And this is about 2008, which was about 18 years after Carl, Carl was, it, was killed uh, in a road accident. Um, and and uh, I thought about it and I said, this... Our story will help people. It's very hard. The death of a child is indescribable. You can't really describe the pain that that we suffer. So uh, I I thought I'd get my family, because normally the siblings are sidelined very often. We think of the parents and how awful it is for them. And the problem is that that, that when when, when a child dies, the family is devastated, and every member is trying to survive. So I wasn't actually aware of how my children were. I mean, that's an extraordinary thing. And I did some mad things. I, I took my, elder, my, my my other son back to school the same week because I said he needs to get his leave himself. I don't know, I was like a robot, I think. Um, mm. And and when I saw it afterwards, I felt I, I really... This was mad. I shouldn't have done this. But anyway, uh, so... It was very fraught, so I, I wondered would they contribute, and and they wanted to know why, what would be the purpose of the book, and I said this book will help a lot of people, and it has actually, I've got letters from all over the world about this book. Um, so they all contributed to the book, and what I discovered was that while the pain of, of a parent is extraordinarily awful, I suppose, it's indescribable, so is the pain of siblings, and I think that there there'll be a lot of people today listening to this program who will have lost children, uh, and I I want to say how my heart goes out to them as well. We never really understand who other people are in our, in our in our grief, you know. But if you look at the word bereavement, the word bereavement comes from the Anglo-Saxon word reeve, which is to be robbed of something, which is a very powerful word to be robbed of something. Uh, and to lo- and I'm talking too about about uh, people who lose children through miscarriages as well. Mm. Mm. Or a child can be any age. A 90 year old father or mother could have a child of 70. So it doesn't really make any difference. But uh, I, I, when I saw their description, and they're quite quite creative. And they were yeah. journaling. They they actually yes, wrote they down did. their feelings as time went yeah, on. Yes, and they did. And 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 I suggested that, to them. Uh, that, that we should all keep a journal. My wife kept one, uh, I kept one, and uh, Breda kept one, and, and Bill kept one, and I don't think the other two did. Uh, 
so mm. and uh, and still they were very eloquent and yes, in in are. in terms of you know yeah. describing their feelings yes, and stuff they were, they were. Uh, I was distraught. I mean, I cried my way through writing that book. You must have done. And it was one of the questions I was going to ask you that, you know, you opened up all of this grief again for yourself and indeed for your family with with this. Did you think long and hard before you did that? I I did, but I didn't realise how the wound would reopen. Uh, It's it's, it's a very deep wound, and it, it, it heals to some extent, but it's always sore. But I think writing the book opened it again, and I, I hadn't realised that. Uh, so hopefully because of the pain that mm. we all re-suffered in, at that time, that it will help people, and, and that, that, you know... I, I think it will. Uh, Jim, as I say, I found it heartbreaking. I found yourself very tough on yourself yes. during the personally tough on yourself yes, that's as well. right yes uh, uh, and you know at some stage i think we might y- y- maybe talk about childhood and and uh, my childhood i don't blame my parents but i did have issues with my mother and I- if we are wounded from childhood and that that's something 40% of people are wounded from childhood then we don't deal with stuff properly so, for example, I, I went back to school the week Cahal died, which is absolutely insane, and I took my son back that week, as I said, uh, because he was doing his leave insert. I should never have allowed him do his leave insert that year. Uh, so, but, but you felt obliged to your own pupils who were doing I did. their leave Yes, I, I had, had honours Irish leave insert, and they had oral Irish, oral Irish coming up in, uh, I think it was March, Cahal was killed in February, the 18th of February, 1990. And I had applied, I always examined the old Irish, and I'd totally forgotten because your your mind is absolutely blank, you know. It's very dangerous, actually, to drive after the death of, of somebody who's close to you. And I remember driving across the main road one evening, barely missed by a car, you know. So uh, our, our brains are shattered, the chemicals in our brains are shattered. It takes a long time for it to settle down. And if we look at, uh, and I'm sure people listening to this, if we lose a child, the question I asked, there were five children, five people, five families on my road, a narrow country road who lost their children. And I was saying, how long will this last? Because the pain is so great that it's unbearable. And none of them answered me. So if somebody asks me now, I'll say, well, for me, the pain, two intense years, the first year was just awful. The second year, the cold reality of the loss uh, comes to the fore. Uh, so uh, I, I will always say that to people now, just because the pain is so awful. And, and I, I've talked to a lot of people yeah. who, who who lost children. I never realised that so many people uh, lost children. So many aspects of this I'd love to, to talk yeah. to you. The irony is that you chose your home in Gartnerhu because it was a safer place for children with less Road traffic. Yes, uh, I, I did actually. It was just outside Thurles. I yeah. come from Gorton Who. Um, yes, I did. It was. A, it was, and and uh, uh, there were hardly any cars on the road. We came down in 1971. I came down to teach in Thurles. I used to work in Irish Shell, uh, and I came down to teach in Thurles. And it never struck me. I mean, it's inconceivable to think that you will lose a child. And and I remember that Sunday, I was sitting down. Normally, we go for a drive on Sunday. And I, and the doorbell began to ring really shrilly, and, and for a long time I got up and 
uh, Alan, who was, was Carl's friend, said there's been a terrible accident. Now, it never struck me that, that it was Carl, because inconceivable. And then somehow it came through that it was a winter out and he was lying on the road. And, 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 and uh, so I, I was saying to myself, well, he's unconscious now, and um, uh, I got a blanket and put it over him, and, and um, I said, he, 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 will, he will recover. I hope his leg is not broken. And then I was saying, you know, my, my voluntary health... Uh, uh, VHI and will it cover him? These were all the things going around. Uh, yes, because you, you would never, uh, you never think. I mean, if you have a very ill child and you, you you eventually know that this child will die, but we had no experience of death whatsoever in our family. Our parents were alive. I'm an only child, so I had no siblings anyway. But we had no experience of death whatsoever. Uh, so we followed the ambulance to to Cashel um, and. Um, uh, and and the nurse said, pray hard, you know, the nurse said, pray hard. And I was saying, what is she talking about, you know? Uh, I expect him to wake up. Uh, and then they came out and they said, we're very sorry. And uh, my wife went hysterical. And the doctor tried to stop her going in. She was pushing out of the way and, and went in. And, and Carl was lying on the bed and he was warm. He had lovely hair. He was very proud of his hair, you know. I felt great. I don't know. I felt close to Jesus somehow or other, and I offered him up. But I, I certainly changed that later, and I had, a, I had a real anger at God. But it was so inconceivable. Uh, there he was. You know, he was warm. I felt him. And the hardest thing for me <clears throat> in all of this was two days later when I had to go and identify him, because there he was. His head was bandaged. I felt him. He was ice cold, uh, and I. That that was the worst thing. It wasn't. It was the reality of it as well. But uh, it didn't. It didn't look like him. And my son Bill and my daughter Frances. Frances was in America. She had come home, and, and uh, uh, Bill went out. He got violently sick. He vomited. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I survived it. I don't know how Frances survived it. The next hard thing was when we had to fill in a form with the doctor. And he was so cold. I mean, if he had even said to me, we're really sorry. This was know. the pathologist, was yes, it? Yes, yeah. so much yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, I never saw him before. That, that was really hard, and I hope that doctors now are being trained to have some bit of empathy, even if they don't feel And it. he didn't have any no. empathy. No. It was the same as if you were writing about a dog. The, the other thing that struck me, you got a bill. Um, I did, yeah. I, I, I really freaked out over that, and I was very sorry that I freaked out over it. I remember the woman's name, and I wrote her a really harsh letter. I was really sorry I did. Um, you know, I wouldn't do so now, because right. people, she just didn't know what happened. But was the bill sent to Cahill? It was. It was addressed Your to Your son, who, yeah, who was sent to Cahill, like it was. A, and, and would you tell listeners what, what they were looking for? Well, just a, the, it was an invoice for the cost of the ambulance, yeah. Yeah, but but that doesn't bother me because I see it, it was the system, whatever system right. they had, you know. But you channeled your anger into that, I, obviously. Exactly, yes. Fran. Yeah. I, I never thought of that. That's what I did. Yeah. I channeled my and by the, was I raging? And, and and anger is a very important feeling that we have uh, when uh, as part of grief. Grief has lots of different feelings like, like loneliness and sadness and mm. depression and bargaining and finally acceptance. And that's the big one with, with, with the death of a child. You never, you can't accept the unacceptable. It's not acceptable for a child to die. But anger, I remember Bill was so angry. He was banging the, the walls of, of, of the kitchen. I was hanging. Your other son, yeah. Yeah, mm. Bill, yeah. my son. Yeah. He, was, he was doing his limbs or 
he was extremely angry and I was very angry myself. Could know? I take you back just a little bit? Um, yeah. Would you tell me about the premonitions, uh, Jim? Because yes. I found that fascinating. Yes, it is. There's a psychic element in our family. Um, <laughs> you know, my, my first cousin sees ghosts and she's a very quiet woman. My other two first cousins, um, uh, they also see see spirits. Uh, my daughter sees strange things. So she was lying on the bed the, the night before Cahill was killed and she saw these kind of things around the light and she thought uh, that, that her mother had died or something happened. But uh, And what I get is I get physical sensations and... Uh, so uh, we went to Dublin the day before Cahill died, that Saturday. It's actually nice weather in February. I remember we said, we'll go to Dublin. And I got this ferocious headache, which I would never get, and I, I couldn't walk. And I sat in a restaurant all day until time to go home. Uh, I never, it was only later on. But those premonitions are actually quite common because I did a bit of research on them. Um, so they, a lot of people would have, would have that. It could be a bad feeling or... What I get now is the lights. Uh, the lights start flashing. You know, I know something bad is going to happen. It happened there a couple of months ago. But anyway, and because of that psychic mm. ability that's in your family, have you had communication with Cahill? Have you? I have actually, but not through that. There's a medium, and this might sound a bit off the wall. There's a medium that I actually trust. I went to her. Uh, uh, and it, it, I, I can I can give you the name eventually. I have the number. Uh, it's not something that I would normally do, but uh, I was so desperate. I needed some contact with him, and I I read about this medium, who who's who, who's in Stradbally now, uh, and in 1991 I think I went to her, uh, and she said that Cahill was very accepting of. Uh, uh, what happened to him? I don't think I put this in the book, actually. No. Uh, but I must, I must put it yeah. now when I when I rewrite it, uh, and that he was with an old lady, uh, and um, but that he was very accepting. So, about six months ago, I, I suffer from loneliness. I've got this core loneliness, which happens to us if our child isn't right, no matter what happens. It's a core loneliness, which I've written about in, in a book. Uh, so, I, I, well, I'm actually, I'm writing a book on loneliness. You know, so I went to her again. She's a real scattered woman altogether, very natural, scattered. She keeps no diaries, nothing, no, no. Uh, but anyway, I didn't tell her this time why I came. Um, and she said, oh, your son is talking here. You know, the first thing, and I want to talk to my grandfather because I, I love my grandfather, even though I was only a baby when he died. Uh, and... Um, so Cahal just broke in and he spent a long time talking to her, through to me, through her. Uh, and he said, tell tell Dad, he says that um, uh, I have a lot of explaining to do him when he dies. But he said, I only felt a nick, he said. He, he, he's back of his head. He was killed uh, back of the, off his bike. So I only felt a nick, he said. Uh, and then I remember nothing else. So I want Dad to understand that. And he said... Uh, I tell him I never give him any trouble, <laughs> which he didn't actually, you know. So um, it all rang so through. And she said, he's with an old woman, it must be his grandmother. But I said, no, it's not his grandmother because uh, they were they were alive. I think it was my great-grandmother who was a very kind woman, you know. So I went 
might put that in the in the book. I uh, think you should. Yeah. I think. Did yeah. that give you solace, Jim? It did. Uh, because that must have concerned you greatly. What was he, he in pain? Was he? No, he wasn't in pain. Yes. he said it was like a nick. Right, like a nick. So uh, did that help you somewhat? It did. And he said, if I had lived, Dad, he said, I would have been in a wheelchair, which he would have. His brain was badly damaged. Would you tell me a bit about him? Because he was wild, wasn't he? he there was he a was wildness like to him. I, I was, uh, I was a very wild child, and he he was like me. Um, and and you know, the funny thing is that uh, he wrote a lot of poetry as a youngster and a lot of stories. And uh, it struck me the other day that that my goodness, you know, here am I. I'm like this. So he was actually like me. Uh, when I look back, he looked like his mother. He was very like his mother. He was very like his sister Deirdre as well. Um, uh, but I could never... When I look back, you know, I have photographs. I, I did an album. I can never look at the album, really. Most people can look back at the funny aspects of, of, of their children, because children are funny, you know. I mean, I've been dealing with children all my life. I never was able to think about him smiling. I remembered his voice, you know. Uh but I, I, I couldn't. But last night I woke up at half four for some reason and I was thinking about him and for the first time I was smiling in bed at half four this morning. Um, at, at, I think we would have been great friends, you know. He used to call me Shiner because, because of my baldness, you see. And I used to call him Grundlewig. I'm going to put that in the book where Grundlewig is just a made-up name, you know. Yeah. Uh, I had this relationship with him. It was, it was just... Uh, and I used to go down and rub his hair at night when he'd, before he'd fall asleep, you know. Uh, so I always kept my feelings in, but I felt, you know, I, 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 would, I, would, I loved my children even though it didn't maybe look like it at, at times. But uh, uh, it was only when I lost him I realised how much I loved my children, you know. And how precious they are, and it's like an amputation, uh, you know. And 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 um, we we looked at how we were in 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 uh, when the book was written in 2008. But I've contacted a few of my children now, in 2023, which is 33 years after his death, to see how are they now. And I was, some didn't really want to talk about it, but I have something here that I'd like to go through. To help parents, I think this yes, would. I think this would help parents. Is this from Breda? Is it? It's from Breda. Yes, your daughter Breda. Yes, yeah. Breda, the librarian. So she sent me this, uh, and she says, "When you are so invested and so participative in somebody's life, when you remember the tiny beads of sweat on his little nose when he slept, and your arms are around his little, his little warm body, the smell of his baby head, the conversation you've had about everything, how much he loved the stories I made up for him." The joy I had uh, when I minded him, losing them, is so impactful. Finding healing is essential. I really want to talk to people listening about how we heal. Um, otherwise, your life ends on Sunday, the 18th of February, 1990. So my mission uh, since then has been to find that healing so I could put myself back together again and be valuable not only to myself but to those I love. She said, Carl's death will always be a huge loss. There will always be a missing piece in the jigsaw of our family, but I feel we are no longer fractured. I hope the others feel the same. Carl will always be the uncle who our children will never know, except through our memories and stories. 
They will never know him, and that has been one of the hardest things for me to accept over the years. He will always be missing. Now, so this is something I never thought about, my grandchildren. So I'm going to dedicate, when I rewrite this book, uh, now I won't be rewriting the story, I'm going to dedicate this book to my grandchildren. And I've contacted the young adults now uh, just to see how they are. The first one had nothing to say, and I see what she's talking about. The second one hasn't read the book. None of them have read the book, I think. I'm waiting for the reply of the other. There are three young adults. Uh, and she's going to come over to talk to me tomorrow evening, Aoife. She's Breda's daughter. Uh, and I want to see how the book will affect her. She wants a copy of the book. And and uh, it's something we never think about. The grandchildren, they have no connection whatsoever with their uncle. Uh, you know, they might hear their their parents talking about they have no connection uh, so if there's no connection it doesn't mean very much to them it's just something that happened so I want to say so I'm going to dedicate the book to my grandchildren and maybe hope they might read it and see it's you very, know because very it good is idea, part yeah. of their it's part of their of course part, part plus, of, plus it keeps Cahill alive with it them, does which, it which does. is so important yeah. yeah did you finish that uh, yeah Jim, so, so she says our children would have loved him that has been frustrating, trying to bring him, him to life for them. And uh, that's not possible. So maybe the book might, and failing. How is it possible to bring someone to life who they have never known? What a struggle that has been. She said this as well. She says, we are close to our siblings as a result of losing him. We were close anyway, but losing Cahill made us appreciate each other more than the fragility of life. I feel we are incredibly bonded as siblings, and that is a blessing. And and they talk to their mother as well. And this is something I want to say to all the mothers listening to me, that the grief of a mother is very different to the grief of a father because the mother has bonded with the child in the womb after about three to four weeks. So this is a unique relationship that goes on for nine months that nobody else has. Uh, and I remember my wife will, my wife will still cry if I mention Carl's name to this day 33 she will she will cry um, I cry at Christmas sometimes um, and I remember her saying this is in the book uh, that she felt like running through briars to hurt herself and uh, when I became a therapist and did research on, on different stuff uh it equates to cutting. Uh, girls in particular cut themselves. And cutting is a way to ease emotional pain, that the physical pain you feel uh, diverts you from the emotional pain, which is worse. And and I, I didn't understand that. I said, what does she mean, running through priors, you know? But but now now you understand I, I well, do, well, yes. What it it's, is. It's, I did the equivalent of cutting. Just just a couple of other things, if yeah. I could talk to you about it, because we could talk about this for so yeah. long. And as I say, people need to read this book. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, but you need to read it. Could I ask you about the woman who was driving the car, Jim? Yes. Um, would you talk to me a little bit about that? And... Yes. I mean, you investigated what happened and it was an accident. And yep. I know even at one stage you went through a period of being angry with Carl. For, did, for as you careless. said, he was careless. For yeah. being careless. Yeah, what happened was he was approaching a junction on the road. Now, it, it, you know, I don't know about fate or destiny, but it, it, it had been raining the week before. And this, this girl used to drive a particular way to Thurles, but the road was flooded. She came our way. Now, she approached a junction, a T-junction. Cahal was coming down from his friend, who actually was the one who rang the bell. 
and Catherine's father was behind him and he didn't hear the other car coming. So he draw, he went out onto the road and he was going down to see another friend. So instead of, if he had been turning left to our house, he'd have been fine, but he had to, he went across the road to turn right and and uh, and he, he was killed. And it's, it's just one of those things. It's almost the if only. If only is always part of grief. If only this had happened. If only that had happened. If only he hadn't a bike. And we all feel guilt. Guilt is also part of grief. So I remember my wife saying, I'm going to buy Carl a bike, you see. And I knew he was wild. And I said, God, you know, I don't know. But then he was he was 12. So, you know, it's only yeah. right he would have a bike. And, and uh, so I felt guilty about that. But my wife didn't, you know. Um, so there's always guilt. We, we'll find guilt no matter what happens. Of course, happens, will. Of course always, you will. Uh, yeah. we, 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 you talked to me about the last... So much oh, of yes, the fascinating... Oh, it's the driver you wanted the, the, yeah. the driver, yeah. And, and how you felt towards... I didn't feel much towards her. Uh, I, I think my children were quite hostile to her. My wife did. Uh, we, we, we went to a bereavement therapist. Uh, there were very few therapists at that time, but there was one woman who took us, and uh, and I, I think that, 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 that she made a major mistake. Uh, she bought the driver in. We kind of put her arms around her, and it wasn't real, you know. Uh, and the, the, the girl's parents came to us, and... Looking back, it must have been very hard on them to do that. And if you kill somebody, you know, it's a very, very painful mm. thing. But remember, one of our neighbours came down and he, she had worked for him, you see. And he said she was in an awful state. Like, And I was enraged. I said, here we are. We've lost a child and he's worried about about the driver. Uh, but I, I have no great feelings about her. I think my wife is quite hostile to her uh, at the moment, anyway. Mm. Uh, I don't know how my children feel about her. It, it was an accident. He did come out on the road. She wasn't able to react, I think. You know, sometimes we panic, you know. Absolutely, uh, yeah. So a, co- a couple of the smaller things in the book I found to be even the most, yeah. um, uh, you know, just heartbreaking. When, when Mary cancelled... Cahill's children's oh, allowance. Oh, yeah, she she broke down. Didn't of course she? she did. I mean, I I I reread the book recently, even though I didn't have to. And there were little details I thought I'd forgotten, like, and I was in floods of tears rereading it. You know, so I didn't actually know how it'd be today. But uh, yeah, it must have been just uh, unbelievably awful uh, to have to go in and 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 and, and of course she cried. And I remember I gave some talks in bereavement and I said to Mary, I said, what will I tell them? She said, tell them to cry. And I think that's that's very good advice. Of course it is too. Mm-hmm. Um, another detail, if it was to you, it was huge, but I, I see it as a detail, was the last words, because you and Mary went for a walk mm. and in the course of the walk, um, you met Cahill and his yeah, friend. Right, isn't, yeah. that, isn't that it? Yeah. So yeah. you had last words. Obviously, you didn't know there were going to be last words no, with them, but you no, I can't remember what they were now. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I did. I was joking about something probably, and uh, we were very carefree. You know, uh, yeah. we didn't realize this child was going to be snatched away. We were going to be robbed of him within probably an hour and a half, two hours. You know, um, it's just. I mean, he's in his forties today, really. Um, so we'll never know. And but he'll always be the 13-year-old boy to you. Always 13-year-old. But the funny thing was that this medium I went to, 
she 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 held her hands up very short to indicate sure and then she put them up so he has grown he has grown in wisdom i presume and and uh, you know sometimes i don't believe we change that much when we die you know um and, and there's a reason I'd have for that but um uh, I think he has grown and I think he's been taught by somebody you know mm. um, and and finally one other thing just the rumours that were put around well that's always the way but I mean, that I, always happens that didn't bother me very what much what do people think though that yeah, they, they would do. actually people make up stories yes, people around. don't understand the pain of this you see uh, or how hurtful the stuff yeah, that they yeah, 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 yeah. is the book available to be I know you're going there's a reprint happening isn't there yes I'm, I'm well I'm, I'm, I've taken over the rights of the book because yes. it's out of print now you can still get it on Amazon.uk and uh, very very has handed me over so I, I'd hope to do that probably in June-ish uh, um, so you can still get it. It's quite cheap, actually. It's a small book, really. Uh, now, what had happened uh, uh, when I published the new one, it, and you go to get it on Amazon UK, and the same as the last one, Emerging from the Darkness, uh, when I went to look at it, I said, nobody's bought the book after the programme, and I found it was unavailable in Ireland. <laughs> right. And that's due to Brexit. So the way you'll get the book very quickly and very easily is Amazon DE. So that that's German, and it'll of course, the book yes. comes up on if you if you if you do Amazon. Do you? Well, it's it's a must read. It's uh, when a child dies. Uh, mm. Footsteps of a grieving family by Jim O'Shea, and indeed his his family. Yes, as I'm well. going to retitle it: a, a Death of a Child. Death of a Child. Uh, uh, our journey from pain to peace. I think something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, as I say, it's a, it's a must read. I was dreading talking to you today because I was so upset by the book. I said, "Jenny Mac is bad enough for Jim, but so will I. I be able to get through?" <laughs> this as well. I was trying to use as well. Jim, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. And we wish we wish you well and to your lovely family as well. Thanks. Thanks, thanks Jim. Thank you. 1800-938-007. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage.ie.